The ARA acknowledges the traditional owners of the land where we have recorded this podcast, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to the Elders past, present and recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders as Australia's first traders, who utilise a sophisticated network of trading paths that have facilitated the exchange of goods, knowledge and culture for millennia. Hi, I'm Paul Zara and welcome to a special Christmas episode of Retail Therapy, brought to you by American Express. Joining me for some retail therapy in the Amex Lounge today is Gemma Rees, the managing partner at Fabric, and also Keenan Motto, creative partner at Fabric, which is part of the TBWA network, a strategic and design-led agency specialising in fashion and lifestyle brands. Now, since the launch of the agency in 2019, Fabric has developed some iconic campaigns for retailers, including MJ Bale, General Pants, and Sheridan. They're also a strategic partner of ours at the ARA, delivering our new brand and design systems, as well as other campaigns to support and promote the retail industry. As we head into the important festive trading period, a well-executed campaign around Christmas could make or break the fortunes for a retailer. So to discuss what goes into a Christmas campaign and how they've evolved over the years, I'm delighted to speak to Gemma first up. Welcome to Retail Therapy. Gemma, Hi. Hi, thanks, and uh, thank you for um, welcoming us to this podcast. We're really excited to chat. Very good. Well, Christmas, as you know, is the most important time of the year for the retail industry. It's where most discretionary retailers make up to two-thirds of their profits for the year. So tell us how much time and effort goes into bringing a Christmas campaign to life. It's big business, isn't it? Companies can spend a lot of money promoting their brands. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a huge focus from all of our client um, partners and brands we work with. And, you know, we can start discussing Christmas um, pretty much as soon as the previous Christmas has <laughs> gone to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but but in saying that, I mean, traditionally, yes, um, big focus, big marketing spends go behind it. But we have, we've actually seen over the last couple of years, at least, um, a slight reshift from some retailers and some brands um, in a slightly more tactical and functional approach. Um, and I think that obviously comes from and influenced by the current um, world that we we're living in post um, or current and post pandemic. And also a lot of brands, you know, undercutting each other in terms of discounting, you know, with the emergence of Cyber Monday, Black Friday. There's definitely a slight shift there. Um, but in saying that, you know, it's still a real uh, pivotal time of the year to really connect with um with consumers on an on an emotional level so you know that that will will set to continue and you know people i guess from a consumer point of view we're really they're really expecting a lot from um, their retailers at this time of year in terms of you know just creating um a bit of joy and a bit of interest so with that does come a slightly higher expectation of um, production value whether it be you know elaborate window displays or, or a bit of star power there's there's a slight expectation there i guess um, yes. And and one other thing that um, we've seen, I guess, happening over the last couple of years in terms of the focus, I guess, is um, some brands actually steering away from a very traditional Christmas focus at this time of year and some leaning more into building actual brand um, presence and longevity. And actually that yes. can work in their favour in that the campaign can live beyond Christmas. So we actually expect to see a little bit more of that um, 
from this year onwards. That's a good point. So, so you're seeing uh, where a, a brand campaign may launch at Christmas and carry through beyond that time frame. Yeah, without sort of um, uh, using too many connotations to Christmas itself. Actually, it's a moment to celebrate the brand um, that can live yeah, beyond this, the seasonal period. Mm, interesting point, Gemma. No, uh, Keenan, great to speak to you as well. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. So what are the elements that go into a Christmas campaign and how does an agency like yours work with major retailers or other businesses to bring their vision to life? Yeah, well, I mean, it does start quite early, um, probably earlier than you would expect, I'd say. There's there's at least, a, I'd say, two to, two to three months run up to the Christmas period. Obviously, um, the deadline of Christmas doesn't move as well. Christmas happens when it happens. So it needs to be timed effectively to make sure that we're hitting those milestones and we're in market um, with enough time for people to to really build that brand salience around that time of year. So look, the it, it kind of differs. It depends on the brand as well and it depends on the size and scale of the campaign that's at hand. But usually I'd say around eight weeks, um, eight weeks plus would be the minimum yeah. um, to, to build to build a campaign um, up until Christmas. And the way that we usually do that is that it starts with, for us, and uh, most importantly, is something unique um, that we uncover through strategy uh, that lands at that time of year, something that taps into culture is very important for us as well that yeah. um, that feels relevant for this time. And as you can imagine, Christmas differs from year to year, particularly last year and this year, having been through um, through COVID. But it's, it's for us, the, the most incredible way to find something that feels unique per brand and something ownable per brand for them to talk in a way um, to, to really reach their customers and build again that brand salience um, at that time of year and, and to have that cut through. Mm. Interesting points that you raise and I guess Christmas does look a little bit different this year, lots of uncertainty with, with COVID. How does that impact a retailer's thinking about their Christmas campaign? Should the subject be acknowledged or avoided altogether as part of any advertising or marketing initiative do you think? Yeah, interesting because Last year, obviously, having been through COVID for the for the first time, uh, there was definitely an acknowledgement that was to be had, and I think most brands, and definitely most brands that we were um, we were engaged with, and as as you could see from international trends as well, was that it was something that was most definitely acknowledged. I think this year there has been a trend to not ignore what has happened, but also I think to really go into it with a um, with more sensitivity around it more than anything. Uh, and it's not necessarily about calling out COVID um, as overtly, but definitely speaking to the outcomes of what COVID has created as part of an environment. So speaking to connectivity and connection, speaking to those traditional family tropes that we look for from Christmas spots that feel like they're building that idea of connection and, and also serving a higher meaning or higher purpose at this time of year beyond gifting and, and tactical messaging. I think the, um, if I can just jump in, the um, Amazon, um, the show must go on campaign last year, I think is a good example of um, leaning into the, I guess, the mindset and, and the emotion of people at that time, but in a, in a really smart and um, eloquent way um, that did sort of touch a lot of people and, and you know, really resonated. Um, so I think if yeah, it's, I I feel like either um, sway away from it because you don't want to be, come across as being tone deaf and ultimately brand damaging in, in the in the long term. But if you are going to lean into it, make sure it's really from a human um, emotion point of view. 
You raised some good points there. I guess what we're looking for is just a sense of optimism rather than actually um, having uh, uh, any uh, reflections on COVID. We just sort of, it's a, it's a nod, isn't it? And it's a move quickly forward. Absolutely. Yeah, most definitely. Optimism has been the key word this year, um, most definitely to move forward with optimism and, and create that sense of hope that I think people are looking for. And, um, at, you know, particularly, particularly at Christmas at that time of year, but also just coming out of what we've been through, it's, it's most definitely been a very important point that we've been, we've taken on. Look, we're seeing consumers interacting with brands and products in new and different ways, I guess, and digital trends continue to accelerate. How have we seen Christmas campaigns evolve over the years? Well, I'd say that, I mean, there's there's definitely been a shift in the way that Christmas has been communicated at, at that time of year. I think that everyone looks at John Lewis as, as a brand that has really done Christmas well or done Christmas in the traditional way with really tapping into to family and to that emotive um, emotive sentiment at that time of year. And I think now that while that still reigns true, it's about finding uh, an approach that is ownable for, for brands um, outside of that space and also that's a, a bit more of a, um, a higher purpose serving or even a tactical serving um, play at how to, how to speak to Christmas. So you might find that people are not necessarily going for traditional TV. Um, traditional TV is obviously something that uh, still exists, but it's definitely outside of that world now. And I think particularly through social and, and other channels, we're needing to look at more of an omni-channel approach and, and multiple channels at how to communicate Christmas to different audiences. Gemma, did you have anything you wanted to add? Um, I think, yeah, look, I think Keenan's right. The bigger brands, I guess, um, that you'd expect, they're, they're definitely still going to go uh, to play to their strengths in terms of um, those bigger brand moments. But I think for the smaller or newer brands, there'll be a, there's, a, there's a different trend uh, sort of emerging. And I think for them, it's all about, you know, using their maybe irreverence or their tone in, a, in an interesting way, using um, unexpected channels and ways to to connect with consumers um, that that they have permission to, to do. And I guess um, from a Christmas specifically, enabling that element of discovery um, of the brand and the product through uh, different, you know, multiple channels is really the key, the key for them. And I guess with so many people shopping online from home, how does that also affect the planning for Christmas? Is the in-store experience still important or is it more about digital advertising now? I think I think it's a bit of a balance of both and more now than than ever before. I think, you know, the pandemic has absolutely forced us into um, feeling more comfortable, comfortable and, and um relying on online shopping more we've had we've had to so that um will continue you know we've been thrown into that um as digital natives now i guess bit more um readily than we would have uh, pre-pandemic but the there is still um a real um want and need for the bricks and mortar experience and i think um you know we need to stay true to that and, and support our retailers in in bringing that experience to life i think the trick will be about making those two um, worlds feel a lot more seamless i think that's going to be the the opportunity but the pressure point for for brands is actually how do you um make sure that that experience both online and offline feels like it's coming from the same brand and regardless mm. of where you're shopping on how you're shopping that you're giving the customer the same level of experience or customer service whether it be in store or, or online it's definitely something that we've been seeing with our clients, our current clients who we're working on. I think we're working across three or four Christmas campaigns currently. And the, the in-store experience is 
definitely something that we have been working toward, knowing that things will be reopening soon, hopefully, um, yes. to build that, build that, you know, brand story through bricks and mortar as well as digital. And I think it's also, as Gemma said, building what she said is connecting the digital world with that physical world and enabling the ease of online shopping to happen in store um, as well. And I, I think that the power of that human connection and that brand experience that you get from bricks and mortar experience, it's, mm. it's most definitely something that brands are wanting to capitalize on now more than ever, having people come back out and, and back into stores in, in this time. Uh, you guys get to see a lot of Christmas campaigns. How do you, do you think Christmas campaigns in Australia compare to those overseas in the United States, the UK, and Europe? Are we still are we still a long way behind those countries in terms of how they promote and celebrate the festive season? I don't necessarily think that we're behind, but I think that what Australia does and probably needs to do uh, a little more clearly is create our own space that feels genuine for Australia. Mm. Um, Christmas is traditionally a white Christmas as we've been advertised to for our whole lives. Um, you know, if you think about Coca-Cola and and all of these, these big US consumer brands, um, Christmas for us has been painted in a very different light. So contemporary Christmas in Australia, I think, is about the weather and the climate that we have, which is unique for us. Um, it's about that kind of diverse and multicultural view of how we celebrate Christmas. And I think that that's probably something that uh, is is something that we tap into currently, but probably something that we need to highlight even more, I would say. Yeah, I definitely think there's an opportunity for us to celebrate the diversity of our culture more, especially at this time of year, but, yes. but with sensitivities around um, the fact that it's, you know, Christmas is not as big a focus for everyone as it is for some, you know, in terms of... Um, you know, cultures and religions and things like that. So I think there's there's definitely, we should use that as an opportunity to talk to Aust- Australians versus shying away from it. Mm. It's sort of interesting, isn't it? Because it's sort of hard to present Christmas in the Southern Hemisphere because it really, it's it's about the beach and being outdoors and it's, it's seafood versus turkey and, you know, <laughs> has all those complications. So it doesn't sort of talk to, but I think, you know, your point there, uh, Ken, is that only because we've been advertised to being, you know, white and cold and, you know, the whole thing about Christmas lights, of course, because uh, in the Northern Hemisphere, it's dark and they all make sense, it, less so during um, daylight savings. So, you know, if you were sort of thinking about what sort of picks up that Australian element, what what is that component do you think that makes it magical i think it's the the connection with family and friends and i think it's the acknowledgement of how diverse we are as a country as well i mean that to me makes it feel very unique and ownable for us um, as a country and even as a as a hemisphere i mean i think that there's so many different ways that people celebrate christmas and even the word christmas itself we're seeing Um, as a trend is being somewhat phased out and it's moving toward that idea of holidays. Yes. Um, And I think that that's something that brands either are embracing or or not, and it's not wrong or right which way way it goes. Um, Very very American though, isn't it, in the way it's... Mm. Happy holidays, yeah. 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 And that's exactly the point. I think that it's it's up to us to find that that happy medium of being able to celebrate Christmas that feels like it's inclusive, it feels like it's diverse, but not also leaning too heavily into what the US markets or overseas markets are doing by completely watering down the intent of um, of that time of year because yeah. it, it is something that feels very rich um, for us to celebrate. Yeah, I, and I, if I can interject, I think having lived in the UK and or being brought up in the UK yes. and living in Australia for the last 12 years, I guess I've experienced two different 
um, types of Christmases, and and there's a re- there is a real difference. And for me, the, in the UK, the build up to Christmas, yes, if anything, is is the magic of Christmas. The day itself isn't that great. Like everyone's stuck <laughs> inside, um, you know. Well, it's not. It's, it's wonderful, but it, it's it's different. Yes, you know, know you, you're mean. inside. It's cold. Um, you probably don't see a lot of other people outside of your household for a few days because you kind of hold up inside. Whereas in Australia, the build-up doesn't have the same amount of magic because it's warmer. I don't know, the, the experience is slightly different. But the day or the days of Christmas, because, you know, I feel in Australia it's a Christmas Eve even to Boxing Day. It's huge yes. here. And that's the part that I feel like Australia should um, keep hold of and stop living in the shadows, I guess, of the traditional Christmases that we've seen in other countries. When we're talking about trends and happy holidays being one of those, uh, are there any other trends that are emerging overseas that we're yet to see take off here? And how do you see the involvement of Christmas campaigns in the future? Yeah, I, I think the the you know as a as a, go, a global shift and a global trend, I think that we'll start seeing um, in Christmas campaigns is is around um, conscious consumerism. Um, you know that notion of circularity um, and sustainability. You know, there's been examples. I think um, it was Westfield, London. Um, there was, they did sort of Christmas rentals where you could actually rent um, Christmas decorations. Um, there was like a pop-up store. It's right. a really interesting yes. concept that could potentially go beyond that that category. And then there's this, uh, you know, whole notion of secondhand um, gifting or on-selling gifts. And I think people are becoming more open and susceptible to giving gifts in that way and receiving gifts in that way. And I think that could be a really interesting space, especially when we, um, you know, we see the amount of, I guess, um, disposable gifts um, and waste um, that's still happening, unfortunately, and and that's continued. So I think flipping that on its head and um, would be is an interesting space. I think we'll start to see more of over the next um, few years. So it's maybe more the thought that counts rather than the money you spend. Exactly, exactly. Anything else from your perspective, Kenny, you wanted to add to that conversation? No, I don't think, I mean, I would say, and just to build further on what Gemma has said, is that the idea of sustainability, it's obviously become hygiene um, now, and it's something that is an expectation for most people, particularly, I would say, for for the younger generations. Mm. Um, But it's how I think... Something, something that could be really interesting for brands to unlock is how they do Christmas with that consideration because if Christmas is about consumerism and it's about driving traffic into retail so that consumers buy, how do you strike that balance of, of needing to, to fulfil that time of year knowing that retailers make most of their, most of their yearly targets and, and revenue around that time of year, but how do you build that um, that balance in so that it doesn't feel like we're over-consuming and, and it feels like we're not speaking to um, the production of waste. I think that that's a very interesting thing to talk about. What, what are some of the more iconic Christmas campaigns that come to mind from here or overseas? Anything that's left a lasting legacy in your minds? I find it really hard to move beyond the, probably the, um, the one that might be most expected, um, the Coca-Cola Holidays are coming. Right, um, yes. Ad, like for me, that was always, and I don't know if it was the same in Australia, but when that ad came on the TV, you knew Christmas was coming and all the other ads would, all the other campaigns would start happening from then. Um, and it just, you know, it, it kind of like just 
um, established that, that that's the time yes. of year. So, and it just, you know, evokes that emotion. And I think um, that a lot of uh, brands and campaigns have been trying to find that, you know, that, that, that feeling and emotion um, and how amazing that it still gets played and reimagined time and time again from, yeah. I think it was 19, uh, mid nineties until now. Oh, and for yourself, Kanan? Yeah, for me, I'm always um, really drawn to the work that Burberry does in that space and and particularly the last Burberry campaign. I think that Burberry as a brand has been on a journey for the past few years, in particular the last uh, couple of years, um, in redefining the brand. And I think that that marriage of or, or that honouring of, of a heritage brand but then reimagining it for a new audience at a time like Christmas I think that they did a really great job of that. Um, great, great job of that last year. That was the campaign where they had um, the the talent dancing in the streets, and there were mm. snowballs falling out of the sky. But it felt really dynamic. It felt really new. It felt like it was embracing that time of year, but also um, embracing a new audience who had probably fallen out of love with a brand that was otherwise deemed um, irrelevant for them. So they took that opportunity to our earlier point on on turning a more of a brand campaign and spinning it at that time of year to make it relevant for Christmas. So that for me really, really stuck in my mind. And then I think from an Australian standpoint, mm. um, I think it's hard to move on from the Qantas um oh, it feels like home yes. campaign, uh, which of its time was, you know, it, it it struck all the chords. It was great to see from a such an iconic Australian brand and you know, still, if you were to play that ad now, like funnily enough, in today's um, context, it would it would it would work. You know. Yeah. Look, look from my history um, in department stores, I always felt like I was either in Christmas or planning for Christmas. It was um, never the you know never felt I was ever out of it. But of course, you know, you if you love retail, you love Christmas because it's um it's such a magical time of year. And I guess most of the people um, listening to today's post podcast would have already planned, uh, particularly if they're a retailer, would have planned their Christmas um, uh, campaigns. Um, and they've already probably, um, uh, if they haven't pressed the launch button, they're about to. Uh, what? But if if they, if they were still um, some of the smaller businesses that might be thinking through what they're planning for Christmas in a campaign point of view, what would your creative advice be, particularly to, to look at ways to capitalise on the Christmas trade you know, um, going into this post-lockdown time, um, uh, coming out of COVID uh, lockdowns? I think that it will, yeah, good point. If they if they haven't started to plan for Christmas yet, then it's definitely time to start now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I'd say that there's an opportunity for, as we've, as we've said kind of previously, to to think about, your, your brand at that time of year, think about how you can service your customers and what they're looking for um, rather than hitting um, hitting too tactically or making it feel, um, I suppose, too, too targeted towards sales. And, of course, look, we're retailers, so then the day we're, we're here to make sales at that time, at this time of year. But um, I would say that for, for any retailer looking to, to undergo a, um, a Christmas campaign, you know, now from this point on, onwards, it's, it's about that point of optimism, I think, and building optimism that feels right for right for your brand and relevant for your brand. And, and Gemma, any creative advice you wanted to add to what Kenan was saying? Yeah, I think the, there's a real um, uh, excitement from consumers. They're, they're ready to get back out there and, and, and spend. So I think anyone that's even at the point of um, looking at the opportunity, it's there to be taken still. I think if um, time and money is against you in terms of um, building that real deep connection with consumers, there's still a huge opportunity to to make that 
um, I guess the shopping experience that little bit easier. Focus on how we, um, you know, make uh, our consumers' lives easier during this quite frantic and frenzied time of year um, and, and build connection that way. And you can still brand, uh, build a lot of brand love by um, getting in with the consumer at the right time and, and making their shopping experience a lot more seamless. And also keep it simple, wouldn't you say, Gemma? I would say that yeah, you know, not, keeping things simple and not overcomplicating the message. Is yeah, a, and not a, to get too distracted by, by what really the point. other big players or, or the competitors are doing. Focus on what's true to your brand and your brand DNA and, and where you add most meaning and value to your consumers and, and stick to that. Well, some great advice there. Ken and Motto, Gemma Rees, thank you so much for joining us in the Amex Lounge for some retail therapy. Lots to look forward to for Christmas. Well done on all the work you do at Fabric and all the best for the future. Thank you, Paul. Great. Thank you so much, Paul. Joining me for a quick fireside chat is Tristan Harris, co-CEO at Harris Farm Markets, a family-owned fresh food grocer with 26 stores across Sydney and New South Wales and home to around 3,000 employees. Tristan, Harris Farm has been through an incredible period over the last 18 months, with the pandemic well and truly putting supermarkets and grocers at the heart of the community as an essential service. You've been in partnership with American Express for over six years, but how did that relationship change or evolve over the pandemic period? Our relationship with uh, with Amex has been very strong for uh, for the whole years that we've been taking them. I think the big change that happened during the pandemic was suddenly cash was out. And I mean, properly out. People were buying things for a dollar, but using a credit card. Um, and so uh, digital payment providers of all kinds needed to be, uh, needed to be willing to, to work at lightning speeds. Um, and we have always found that American Express has, has been one of those partners for us, somebody who you could talk to and say, we need to do this and we need to do it quickly. And they would come on board and, What's been really pleasing with American Express is them looking forward into our business and coming to us with ideas and solutions before we've even had a chance to think about it. You know, we're, we're busy trying to make sure we've got apples to sell. And uh, an American Express came to us and said, hey, the boxes that you're using to deliver online, they're going to be harder to get and you're going to need more of them and stuff like that. And how about we help you out with those? And so they, they came to the party and, and we did a co-branded box. And that's exactly the kind of partners you need. Tristan, thanks so much for joining us and all the best for the future. Thank you. 